we've been talking about, God has more for us. And what I see in the scripture is that as long as we have breath, God says he wants to use us. Now, I just need to, a, a warning. Now, I've known so many people just saying, all I want to do, I want God to use me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. And then somebody in the neighborhood, maybe even the church, they come and, and this person helps them out and they end up leaving or not being grateful. And that person goes from, God, use me to, oh, God, I've been used. Well, you asked for it. Why are you so upset? It's the same thing. It's just just difference of your attitude is and how you're seeing it. So have you said, God, use me? Um, just to say, those of you come, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good crowd. Have you ever felt like, have you ever complained that you've been used? Mm-hmm. But there's a problem with that. It, it. turns our heart. It turns our heart. Because you don't see that you were doing this to the Lord. You said you were doing this for this person and thinking you were going to get a reward from that person. They walk away. You see, you have to put yourself in the right mindset. You've got to ask God to use you. He might use you and the person that you help, you pray for, you do all this for doesn't appreciate it. They turn their back on you. They, they, they say bad things about you and now you've been used. But you know what? You were looking for some, something from that person you helped. You were, but you know what? You were obedient to what the Lord asked you to do. You were used of God. But because that happens and it happens way too often, if you don't have the right mindset, what happens is we get to a place in our faith, our walk, and we become happy with where we're at. That when there's an opportunity to be used of God, for God to use you, we said, nope, I'm good. It's called status quo or being apathetic. I'm not moved by other people's needs. I'm not moved. But you know what it is? That is exactly how God is going to use us. And he's going to point out that there's a difference between being loyal and being fruitful. Loyal is good. But being loyal is not the position that gets you to be used. Loyal is good. But God says he wants us to be to position ourselves, to see ourselves in the place of fruitful. To, to loyal is, yeah, you, it gets me to small groups because I need to be there, I need to go to church, I need to do this. It gets you to do all the things that you need to do, and that's your loyal, and that's a wonderful thing. But God says that place where you're going to be used, you're going to be seen as a man and woman of God, you're going to do great exploits, is a, to be that person who has said, I want to be fruitful, not just loyal. Ladies, let me ask you, single, married, doesn't matter. And depending on your background, let me, you can only pick one for the man you want to marry or the man that you are married to, the marriage you're in. Do you want a marriage that is loyal? 
I say yeah, right? Does everyone a loyal? All right, let's just take a look. Here's loyal. Giving or showing support or allegiance to a person or an institution. That's not bad. It's, that's a good thing, right? That's, but you know what else this is? Status quo. This is what I do. This is who I am. Consistent, steadfast, dependable. This is a guy who takes out his garbage. Mows the yard. That's loyal. Comes home every day after work. That's loyal. And you know, some of you would say, oh, if I could have only had that. (laughs) If I could only had that. But that's really just as what is expected. Let's look at fruitful. Fruitful, producing much fruit, abundantly productive, producing goods or results. Bountiful. All right, you can only pick one, ladies, for your marriage or the marriage you want to be in. Only pick one. Who wants loyal? One. <laughs> because she's divorced, she had an unfaithful one. Loyal looks really good to those who've been abused. It, it, I mean, who picks fruitful? Here's a question. We're not only just talking about our faith today. Is it loyal or is it fruitful? But also I'm tying this in with marriage because marriage is a holy thing. God created marriage to reflect his relationship with his son and his son's relationship with us. He goes, it's like being married. And he says that marriage should be fruitful. Your life in me, in the vine, is to be fruitful. Fruitful is synonymous with the word faithful. So we think some people relate, oh, being faithful is being loyal. No, we're going to see in the scriptures, being faithful is being fruitful. Loyal is being loyal. But if you look at the scriptures, the men who are blessed... The men who are being used of God, the women who are being used of God are people who position themselves and ask to be fruitful. So if you want to be fruitful, that's God's going to come up and trim some things on you. He didn't say, hey, abide in me. No, you're the branches. I'm the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. It didn't just say, come and be a branch. It says, come and be a branch and be fruitful. So God's, God's going to trim some things off you so you'll produce more. He didn't just, it wasn't one of those little bonsai trees. He's just like, I'm just going to trim it. Oh, boy, that's pretty. You know, you're just, it's just being a tree. God said he didn't want a tree, he wants fruit. He sent us here in, G- in Genesis. He says, listen, guys, subdue the earth. Be what? He didn't say exist. Just make it to the end. I'll see you there. Make it to revelations. I'll see you there. It's not what he said. He didn't say just exist. He said be fruitful in all that you do. Loyal is good. 
the mindset, I'm going to be fruitful in my work, in my relationships, in my child rearing, in my faith. Everything I do should yield fruit. It isn't, I do this one thing, I get one thing. No, I do this one thing, I want three things to benefit somewhere. So let's take a look. Is that a good for you? Let's put, put ourselves, putting ourselves in the right attitude, the right position to be blessed. So one of the things that Dr. Crystal and I have noticed uh, through the years, and it's unfortunate, that pastors, people in church, uh, people in a great marriage at the very beginning, uh, Crystal even had uh, visited somebody that was in our Young Life group 42 years ago, the high school ministry. And she's happily married, and they go to a church in town. And she sheepishly asked her, she goes, well, you know, can I ask you something? We have friends, and we say friends, friends that go to church with her. Said, they've been married for so long, <clears throat> they're loyal to each other, but there's just no passion anymore. And so they've decided just to stay together they don't want to do dating again, but they've just kind of said, can I be released from, you know, being a husband and wife? Let's just be friends that live together. And she really had so many friends, she was asking Crystal, she goes, is that the way it is in the other churches? And I, I don't know about other churches, but no. That's the difference between, listen, I'm just going to be loyal or I'm going to be fruitful. Right now, every man and woman, single, married, divorced, you know what? Loyal is good, but just, just admit that fruitful is your target. I want to be in a marriage that's fruitful. That everything I do is going to produce fruit. What does, what does this person in your marriage need this weekend? Do they need to go out? Do they need to do this? I want to do whatever it takes for us to be fruitful. Whatever we do in our faith is not to do it out of loyalty. I mean, we start in the very beginning as loyalty. That's fine. But to be used of God, God talks about fruitfulness. So, well, here we go. So, here's a group of people who are loyal. The Pharisees... Yeah, Pharisees got a bad rap. You never hear anything good about a Pharisee. Has, any, has anyone heard a teaching where anyone mentioned something that the Pharisees, they were just good? Anyway, everyone dumps on the Pharisees, don't they? But let me tell you something. The Pharisees were loyal. They just weren't fruitful. <laughs> They're like a husband that no longer was creative in their marriage. You know, a, a Pharisee was true to God. They didn't have any other gods. What's that called? Loyalty? They only had one God. I'm not going to cheat on my God. What does a good loyal husband say? I'm not going to cheat on my wife. It's not good enough, is it? But this is admirable about the Pharisees. You know, they... they they kept all the religious days and festivals. Oh, your husband remembers all the birthdays. You know, your wedding day, what are they? He's loyal. Be grateful, ladies. He's loyal. Remembers all the dates. 
better than me. I'm not very loyal on that. <laughs> the dietary requirements, no pork, no shellfish. No, they didn't complain about it. You have a husband that doesn't complain about your cooking. You didn't, marry, you didn't realize you were married to a Pharisee. Yeah. They kept the law. They took out the garbage and mowed the yard every week. That was the law. Just take the garbage out and mow the yard. Not happy. No, you're not. You're not. No one's happy under the law. Are they loyal? Yeah. They were loyal. Did they put themselves in a position to be used by God? No. Because all they wanted to do was be loyal. That was their bar to reach. And guess what? The Bible says no one can keep the law. They failed at that. So here's what John the Baptist, John the Baptist says to these religious leaders. He greets them with, you brood of vipers. They're loyal. You brood of vipers. And he's saying, of course, what's John the Baptist? John the Baptist, all he did was baptize people of repentance. So listen, here's the least you can do. Produce fruit in keeping with Repentance. Repentance will produce fruit. You can't do it. You think you are beyond repenting that you are perfect by being loyal. What you consider as loyal. So produce fruit in keeping with repentance. We can produce fruit today if we repent from an attitude of us that has been walking in a faith that we're coasting and status quo is apathetic. I'm happy. I'm, I'm tired of being used. Even though I ask God to use me, I'm tired of being used. So right now, my fam I'm happy. I attend. I do this. I'll say a prayer when there's a prayer needed to be said. And I'm happy with status quo. So were the Pharisees. They didn't need to repent. You don't need to repent because you're just a good guy. You do what's required and that is it. But God put us here to produce, to put us in a mindset to produce. And, and there's a way you, you really do have to put yourself in a mindset because you've got things fighting you. I don't have any talent. I don't need this. That's not what God's, that's not how he describes us. Produce, in keeping with, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, we are Abraham's, uh, we have Abraham as our father. That's being loyal. Like, well, I go to this church, I'm doing this. I'm... Ab uh, John the Baptist tells him, but you know what? I tell you, that out of these stones that they're standing on, God can raise up children of Abraham. Let me tell you this. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Too many people that think being loyal is being faithful. Faithfulness is fruitfulness because that's what God called us to be. Loyalty just goes with it. That's the bottom line. You've got to be loyal before you can get fruitfulness. But we're called to be positioned to think, how can I produce fruit with whatever gift God has given me, whatever talent, as small as it can be, 
He has given it to me because Corinthians says that you can't have the Holy Spirit in you without having a, even a gift of God in you. Is that being fruitful or is it being loyal? Is your fruit that God has given you, your talent, is it being loyal? We serve one God or is it being fruitful? I'll admit, there are days where I would pride myself on being loyal. But that's not being in the position that God's going to use me. It's positioning and thinking I can be fruitful. To do something out of just what's comfortable for me. Well, you know, when the Bible says, well done, good and faithful it should be fruitful spirit, uh, 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 servant. It didn't say good. And, it goes, well done, good and faithful pastor. Or good and faithful song leader. It said servant. I am a servant. No greater, no less than you. So whatever God has given you or called you to do, do you have the eyes in position that says this is going to be fruitful? I'm not doing this to get through the message. I'm doing this that we are all fruitful. That I am fruitful in the kingdom of God. It, it, the, 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 I'm amazed at the people who get here early, who make themselves available to get here to do coffee, to set up the chairs. See, all I do is set up the chairs. You're a servant, no more, no less than me. Were you fruitful? Today I was. I got here. I did for the body. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Well done. So Jesus pretty much goes along with this also in the in chapter 21. You remember when Jesus did the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and they were saying Hosanna, Hosanna? Well, Matthew 21, he goes into Jerusalem, and he, he's seen as a king. Jesus then goes to the temple, and he turns over the tables, and, you know, they're selling doves for much more money than you can buy a dove. You should be able to buy a dove for, and sacrifices a lamb if you're wealthy. And he turns them over and goes, you brutal, you know, you, 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 you're my temple, you've destroyed it. Well, that teaching is symbolic, it's prophetic, it's actually what's happening right then. But it, it was that point where he says, you know what? The temple looks like it's got something to offer, but it's just a den of thieves. I'm going to take the people that I'm going to use, I'm taking it away from Israel and I'm going to give it to the Gentiles. This was, this was that prophetic moment. Now, you saw what he did in the temple. Well, then on the next day, he's going by and he's hungry because, you know, he's been flipping chairs over and whipping people. He's hungry. And he stops. He goes, oh, look over there. It's a fig tree. Uh, fig trees were a treat, and they, were, they grew everywhere. So he sees, oh, it's full of leaves. So he goes over there look, to refresh himself. He's hungry. He went from here to there because he saw that that could refresh him. There's no leaves. That's just what he did in the temple. 
he went to the temple and he goes, this is supposed to be the house of prayer. Instead of the house of thieves. You look like you've got leaves on, but you don't. That word is to us also. Do you call yourself a believer? Do you fancy yourself as a servant of God? You look like you have refreshing in you. This church may look like it has refreshing in it. But when people come and they look through it and they find no refreshing. It's dead. This is a dead work. That's not being in a position of being used of God. Jesus cursed the tree because it looked like it offered something. But in reality it didn't. In reality, does your marriage look like it offers something? Do you put on this great face to everybody else? Do you talk a great you know, story to everyone else? But there's no refreshing going on in it. When people come to your house, there's no refreshing in there. They see you quarreling or they see you mistreating your husband or wife or your children. There's no refreshing in coming to your house. That's not a place of putting yourself, positioning yourself to being used of God. When we, have, we, we shy off of risking ourselves of being used, and we just, status quo, we're safe right here. To be used of God, you've got to put yourself out there and say, you know what? I'm going to produce, and for me to produce means I have to plant. I have to trim. I have to fertilize. It's going to cost me to put myself in a place to receive that position where God is going to use me and he blesses that which he uses. Early, early in the morning, Jesus was on his way back to the city and he was hungry. Wow, guys. If you put, your play, put yourself in a place that you're ready and you want to produce, people are going to come to you that are hungry. And they may not be grateful, but you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for the Lord. We have herself in that position. Here's a, here's a note. The, the, the fig tree, the fig tree was doing what fig trees do. It was a tree. It was a tree. It had leaves. It would lose its leaves in the winter. It put leaves on in the summer. It produced shade. It ate, it, it drunk up the sunlight, but it didn't produce. It wasn't cursed because it wasn't producing oranges. It was cursed because it wasn't produced to what it was made to do. You have been made to do something. You have been given a gift to produce. But being apathetic because you've been hurt, because you haven't been appreciated. I had children not to have an offspring. I had children to produce something that was going to be righteous and grow. To have children have children is senseless. It's useless. It's no, it has no purpose. Crystal and I purpose that we were going to have righteous 
children. That is the blessing of God. That is the product of God, which meant that I had to put my hand to the plow. Crystal had to put a whip to my back to put my hand to the plow. <laughs> I know. Anyone can have babies, but only the person who targets to, be, to produce fruit has righteous children. You position yourself and your children to be used of God. God is not done with you if you position yourself to be productive in your marriage, in your business. In your play, everything needs to be positioned for such a, a thing. So when God is speaking about being faithful, he is not talking about being just loyal. He's talking about fruitfulness. John 15, God says, he goes, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. It's a nice little story. I'm a vine. The true vine. And my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch that does what? Bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be more fruitful. You're here. Guess what? You may feel like you've got a little nick and he's... he's trimming things off of you so you produce more fruit. I have a couple of peach trees in my yard. And, and in the spring, you see all these peaches. I mean, it is covered in peaches. But I have to go and prune it. I have to take off two-thirds of all the peaches or else all the peaches end up being about the size of my thumb. Do you know how painful it is for me to pull those little peaches off? but I'm pulling it off so that I have better fruit. I don't want peach grapes. I, I want peaches. And actually, I have not eaten but, I think, two peaches because I've been feeding the squirrels. I have a plan. But you know what? Did I quit? No, I have a plan to be fruitful next year. The squirrels aren't going to get them. I'm going to get them. And I can't eat every one of those peaches. I want to be fruitful. Every year I do, I make changes so I'm more fruitful than I was this year. It's, going to, it's a low bar next year because I only have to have like three peaches to beat what I've had before. But it starts out like 50 peaches. I'm going to have a bunch next year. Everything you do, and, and, and I'm just going to take the time, yeah, the clock. You say, well, how does that have anything with the kingdom? Everything. Do you know how many conversations I've gotten in with people when I see they have a peach tree in their yard, or they ask me about my peaches, and I know nothing about them? Crystal always goes, how do you get in all these conversations with people everywhere? I have a peach tree. What you, what, that connected me with them. They have a peach tree, and they don't know where their peaches go. I go, I do. 
You have squirrels. No, yeah. How do I make the peaches bigger? I know. You know, how does that fire work? I know. Everything you do and everything God has brought you into is a connection with somebody out there who needs to know you and the you, the person who's expecting God to use. Wow. Why do you know those stupid things that you know? The stupid things. Who here is, has a head full of useless information? Yes. Get their names. Because when we go to that, uh, do a trivia night, I, that's the person I want on my team. My, one of my adopted sons, Casey, he knows everything about sports and talk about useless knowledge. But when it comes to useless knowledge, he is one of the best if it's sports. Wow. But that's an opportunity for him to be used by God to somebody who would never come to church, but they love sports knowledge. Connections. Do you use them to be productive, to produce? God has given you an incredible, incredible opportunities. But until you put yourself in that position, you're just loyal, which isn't a bad thing. Matthew 25, finish up on this. This is the story, another story. And Jesus is telling this one. And he goes, a man goes away on a journey. You know, it's about the talents. He gives one five talents, another two talents. He goes, okay, while I'm gone, you go invest it. I'm coming back. And he gives one one talent. Or you say bags of gold, whichever. In the story, I, once again, I give the bad guy all the credit in the world. Did, did the guy who took the one talent and buried it, did he come back? When his owner came back, did he come back? Yeah. Did he lie about what he did with it? No, he told the truth. Okay, he didn't steal it. He didn't lie about it. He came back, and he had a good reason in his mind to justify. He goes, look, you're a tough guy. You expect, <laughs> you expect to, to, to get rewards from places where you didn't sow. So you know what? I didn't want to risk that. I'm giving you back what you gave me. I kind of think he was like, ta-da. He was loyal, wasn't he? In his mind, he was loyal. I didn't steal it. I didn't run away. I didn't tell a lie. I gave him what he gave me. No foul, no harm. God's expecting fruit. If he gives you something, make fruit. Expect fruit. So what is God giving you? What's God giving you? Are you coasting in a marriage, a relationship? Are you, are you, are you loyal at work or are you fruitful at work? The person who's fruitful at work, God sees that this guy is being fruitful. He's drawn to that. I can use that. He's got the spirit that I'm looking for to give five talents to. 
put yourself in a position that you think and you do and you expect fruitfulness in everything you do and see what talent God hands you and say, go do something with this. And who did he give the five talents back to? When the guy did five talents, made five talents, what did he do? He took the talent that the guy brought back that he buried and gave it to the one who made five. He can trust him to produce so God can give him more so that he can produce. I hope this is getting through. I know all the wives are going, I hope my husband's hearing about being <laughs> fruitful. Ladies, would that excite you if your husband that you're married to, not another one you're thinking of, all right, would that excite you to think he's sitting here right now, he's not going to just be loyal. His whole life now in our marriage is going to be him thinking about how do I make this fruitful? And that doesn't mean another baby. <laughs> He gave, he gave it back. God doesn't judge us on what gifts or abilities he gives us, but on what we do with what he gives. You see, there's some people who have a college education. There are some people who are smarter than you. There are some people who are just faster than you. There are some people who are whatever more than you. And you think, oh, I can't write songs. I can't preach the way you do. I want you to know that God is not judging you on anything other than what you have done with what he has given you. So if he's given you this much, he's going to judge you on how have you produced that that you've given. Or are your eyes on someone else going, I can't write songs, I can't sing, I can't preach, I can't speak to people, I, can't, I don't have time to come here and set up chairs. What has he given you? What are you doing right now? At work, what are you doing right now in your situation of being single or married, having children, a, you know, a single mom uh, or a stay-at-home mom? What are you doing with that right now? Because that is what you're doing right now, and God has called you to be fruitful. What are you doing to be fruitful? Because God is not done with you. If that's your mindset. If that's the posture you're taking. I don't have to produce what he produces. I have to produce with what God has given me. And that makes me a servant just like him. Life's not fair. People have more than you. They've had more opportunities. They were in the right place at the right time. Life's not fair. Would you agree? The devil's not fair. Anyone think the devil's fair? Devil's not fair. Life's not fair. The devil's not fair. Let me tell you someone else who's not fair, and that's God himself, because he doesn't give us what we deserve. We deserve death. Instead, what he did, is he sent his only begotten son to die for our sin so that we can live for him. God's not fair, and I'm glad. I'm glad it's not fair. So while we can agree that life's not fair, the devil's not fair, let us agree on this. 
God's not fair, and I am so, as much as I am upset about life not being fair, I am so grateful God isn't. That he paid my price. That I'm going to get what I don't deserve, and that's heaven. To be used by him. The questions for the small groups, are you loyal or are you fruitful? Maybe I should have put and fruitful. I want you to be loyal. But are you fruitful? Are you coasting in these things, your marriage, your work, your service? Because if you have a spirit of being fruitful in your marriage, that same spirit needs to be in your business for your children, for your gifting. Everything I touch, I want it to be fruitful. Not overwhelming, but fruitful. That's my target. And you know, there are friends that you have that do not produce fruit. They need to be cut off. It is not fruitful. I've, this, this person has been my friend all this, these years, and it's just not a fruitful thing. It costs me money. It has been this way for years. It's time to cut it off. Because it's producing no fruit in you or them. Cut it off. You can't be all these things to all these people. Especially if it's keeping you from fruiting. It's like going to the peach tree and taking off all those little peaches so you can produce a whole bunch of sweet, juicy peaches. It's not going to happen unless you prune a few things yourself. Put all your attention on that, which remains.